0: Despite a growing body of research that the postpartum period may be the most vulnerable time period for mental health during a woman's life, research finds that mothers with more confidence show improved mental health in the postpartum period. Hi everyone, welcome to the Parenting Translator newsletter and podcast. I'm Dr. Kara Goodwin, and today I'm going to be reviewing all of the research on mental health concerns in the postpartum period. So May is maternal mental health month. The purpose of this monthly designation is to focus on increasing awareness for mental health concerns experienced by mothers. Today's newsletter will focus in particular on mental health concerns in the postpartum period. And despite a growing body of research that the postpartum period may be the most vulnerable time period for mental health during a woman's life and knowledge that nearly all women experience at least some mood changes during this time, women are still stigmatized for expressing anything but bliss in the transition to motherhood. So the goal of this newsletter is to spread awareness of the common mental health struggles during the postpartum period, and we'll specifically cover postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum psychosis, other common postpartum symptoms such as intrusive thoughts and postpartum rage, and finally, how to improve postpartum mental health. So first, postpartum depression. Research estimates that postpartum depression occurs in about 17% of mothers across the world. For most mothers, symptoms of depression emerge four to six weeks after birth and gradually decrease in the subsequent months However, postpartum depression can occur at any time in the three years after a pregnancy or birth. Symptoms of postpartum depression can include feeling sad or irritable, a loss of interest or pleasure in activities you used to enjoy, feeling worthless or guilty, changes in appetite or sleep, feeling like you have no energy or like you're always tired, restlessness or being slower in your actions, Difficulty thinking, paying attention, or making decisions, thinking you are a quote-unquote bad parent, and thoughts of harming yourself or your baby. Untreated postpartum depression can have a negative impact on the mother, baby, and the functioning of the family. Postpartum depression is associated with many negative impacts for mothers, including problems with physical health, a lower quality of life, increased stress, more relationship problems, and a higher risk for suicide. Postpartum depression may also negatively impact infants as it is associated with slower growth, both height and weight, increased childhood illnesses, increased behavioral problems, breastfeeding difficulties, and problems with mother-child bonding. This information is not intended to cause shame because no one chooses to suffer from postpartum depression, but rather to highlight the important and wide-reaching consequences of postpartum depression. Postpartum depression often co-occurs with anxiety. Research finds that two out of three of women who with postpartum depression may also have an anxiety disorder. If the symptoms of postpartum depression cause significant distress or impair your day-to-day functioning, or if you're experiencing any thoughts related to harming yourself or others, you should contact a mental health professional immediately. Postpartum anxiety. So although postpartum depression may be more commonly discussed, Postpartum anxiety may actually be the most common postpartum mood disorder. During the postpartum period, about 18% of women experience anxiety in the postpartum weeks 1 to 4, 15% in weeks 4 to 24, and 15% after week 24. Symptoms of postpartum anxiety include worry that seems excessive, out of control, or irrational, Intrusive thoughts, um, which means repeated disturbing thoughts often related to the baby or yourself being harmed, trouble sleeping, guilt or self-blame, difficulty concentrating, panic attacks, avoiding anything that makes you anxious or nervous, feeling tense, shaky, or nauseous. Um, postpartum anxiety can include postpartum generalized anxiety disorder, which is a persistent worry that occurs on more days than not panic disorder, which is um, recurrent panic attacks, or OCD, um, which um, involves unwanted or distressing thoughts and rituals that prevent the thoughts. Postpartum anxiety often involves excessive worry about a variety of topics, and this can include excessive worrying about parenting or your infant. Women with postpartum anxiety also show more self-blame. Postpartum anxiety can negatively impact breastfeeding as mothers are more likely to stop breastfeeding early and less likely to exclusively breastfeed when they have postpartum anxiety. Um, Postpartum anxiety is also linked to issues in the mother-infant relationship. Um, Worry and rumination seems to distract mothers from responding to their infants, and their infants in turn seem to withdraw from them. Postpartum anxiety often occurs with postpartum depression. About one in three women with postpartum anxiety symptoms also report postpartum depression. In these cases, symptoms are often more severe. Um, Male partners also show increased rates of anxiety during the pregnancy and the postpartum period. The third condition I want to discuss is postpartum psychosis. So postpartum psychosis is a very rare but a very serious condition, and it involves the experience of one or more of the following. Strange beliefs or thoughts, such as delusions, hearing, seeing, feeling, or smelling things that are not there, which are called hallucinations, um, a manic mood with a loss of touch with reality, and severe confusion. Other symptoms include disorganization, hyperactivity, irritability, paranoia, rapid mood swings, and erratic behavior. Postpartum psychosis occurs at about one in every 1,000 births. This might seem very rare and relatively it is, but it's important to note that women are 23 times more likely to have a first psychotic episode during the postpartum period than any other time in their lives. The onset of postpartum psychosis is typically very dramatic and sudden and often occurs in the first two weeks postpartum. Early warning signs include insomnia, anxiety, irritability, and mood swings although these symptoms are also symptoms of postpartum depression and anxiety. The strongest risk factor for postpartum psychosis is a history of bipolar disorder. However, two out of three women with postpartum psychosis have no history of a psychiatric disorder. According to um, a recent study, 40% of these women did not experience an additional psychotic episode outside of the postpartum period. This finding suggests that postpartum psychosis may be a temporary psychological condition in some women. Postpartum psychosis is an emergency. and requires immediate treatment. If you suspect that you may have postpartum psychosis, call your OB doctor or 911 immediately. You can also go to an emergency room to seek help. Postpartum Support International also provides postpartum psychosis coordinators give free assistance to mothers and families who are not in an emergency situation. Also, given the nature of postpartum psychosis, a lot of birthing people will not be fully aware of their limitations or symptoms. It is crucial that support people and partners are educated on the warning signs and are part of the birthing person's care team to ensure they are cared for and seek treatment appropriately. Um, Some other common postpartum symptoms. First, intrusive unwanted thoughts. Nearly all mothers, meaning 70 to 100% of mothers, experience intrusive thoughts related to harm to their infants. Most of these thoughts are related to accidentally harming your infant, such as accidentally falling down the stairs. But half of mothers experience thoughts of intentionally harming their infants. However, it's very important that mothers know that the thoughts about harming their infants... Do not actually increase their risk of harming the infant, even when you are having thoughts of intentionally harming the infant. When parents experience these thoughts, it's important to recognize that they can be a normal experience and do not reflect true intentions. In a way, many um, perinatal mental health professionals see the distress related to these thoughts as protective because they signal that you're not comfortable with the nature of these thoughts. So do not shame or guilt yourself for experiencing these thoughts or do anything to try to avoid these thoughts. Simply acknowledge it as a normal postpartum experience and move on. However, if the thoughts are causing significant distress and you cannot move on from them or if you're worried you could act on it, please seek help from a mental health professional as soon as possible. Postpartum rage is also a common postpartum symptom. So postpartum rage is increased anger or irritability during the postpartum postpartum period. And it's also an incredibly common experience. Um, About 30% of mothers report experiencing postpartum rage. This rage may be related to the stress of this time period, lack of sleep, feelings of powerlessness, or expectations being violated. Research also finds that mother's sleep quality and anger, anger related to infant sleep is related to overall anger during this time, so it can be helpful for parents to know what is normal when it comes to infant sleep and have realistic expectations for this time period. Mothers who are exper- experiencing postpartum rage also have, um, are more likely to have underlying postpartum depression or anxiety, and should seek help from a mental health professional if they are concerned about that. These symptoms should not be ignored or overlooked since feelings of anger may be associated with more severe or recurrent depression in the postpartum period. So how can mothers improve their postpartum mental health? So first, seek help from a mental health professional, particularly if the symptoms Do not improve after two weeks, you're finding it difficult to care for your baby or complete tasks of daily life, or if you have thoughts of harming yourself or your baby. Therapies such as cognitive behavioral therapy and medication may be very effective in treating postpartum mood disorders. It is important to know that you can take many medications while continuing to breastfeed. Just make sure you talk to your medical provider first. Um, Second, identify a community of people to support you in both practical and emotional ways. Reach out to a mom's group in your community, get to know your neighbors, find virtual support groups, ask family members in advance for help. Um, Any of these social support methods may help to reduce your risk of postpartum depression. Third, you can try something called relaxation therapy. A recent study found that teaching new mothers to relax resulted in lower stress scores for mothers and lower levels of stress hormone cortisol in their breast milk. Their infants also, very excitingly, showed longer sleep duration, greater milk intake, and greater weight gain. Um, The relaxation therapy in this study consisted of listening to guided imagery while breastfeeding or pumping milk at least once per day from two to 14 weeks postpartum um, and the relaxation therapy that they used in this particular study you can actually find on amazon music or the itunes music store just search for breastfeeding meditation by sherry Manelli. Fourth, practice mindfulness. So mindfulness doesn't have to mean practicing an hour of meditation every day, but rather just taking moments throughout the day to be present and focus on your breathing. Research finds that a mindfulness practice is associated with fewer depression symptoms during the postpartum period. Fifth, practice self-compassion with yourself. So remind yourself that everyone struggles and you're only doing your best. When you give yourself a hard time, imagine how you would treat a friend in the same position. Self-compassion is associated with improved mental health in the postpartum period. Number six, identify experts who can help to build your confidence as a mother, such as a knowledgeable pediatrician, a lactation consultant, or a physical therapist who specializes in treating postpartum concerns. Research finds that mothers with more confidence show improved mental health in the postpartum period. Number seven, practice skin-to-skin care. So skin-to-skin care has been associated with many important benefits for mothers and babies. Daily skin-to-skin care lowers anxiety in mothers and mothers who practice skin-to-skin also show greater reduction in the stress hormone cortisol. You can use a skin-to-skin carrier so you can practice skin-to-skin throughout the day um, without having to just lie around topless all day. And it is never too late to start skin-to-skin care if you haven't started yet. Number eight, try using infant massage. So infant massage has many benefits for babies, but may also help to lower postpartum anxiety and depression in mothers. Um, There are a lot of great YouTube videos you can find to help get you started on how to do infant massage. And finally, continue educating yourself about postpartum mood disorders. Simply educating yourself about these conditions has also been shown to provide some benefits, so you're already on your way there. Thank you so much to the expert reviewer on this newsletter and podcast, Dr. Nichelle Haynes. She is a perinatal psychiatrist in Austin, Texas, and the CEO of Reproductive Psychiatry and Counseling. And she also has a new YouTube channel called Medical Mamas. Thank you all for tuning in to today's newsletter on postpartum mood disorders. And please listen next week for more research back tips for parents. Parenting Translator is a nonprofit organization, so all of these podcasts and the information they provide are given to you for free. If you would like to support our work, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Thank you so much.